We're in a series uh, called, we started last week, called Goodwill Towards Men. And last week, we began our journey towards Christmas through this series, but really it's through what we call Advent. And Advent is this, this is the definition of Advent. Advent just means arrival or coming. So Advent is the season um, where we take the days leading up until Christmas and intentionally look back at what God has done when he sent Jesus to this earth, and then also looking forward to when Revelations 22.20 says that Jesus is going to come again. And so Advent is this recognition that we're kind of between comings, or we're between his arrivals. And so what we want to do in this holiday season is be intentional with that. We want to take each day and take some time to, to, to read God's word and to reflect on the goodness of God, to pray and to kind of engage with him. And so that way, Jesus doesn't just get a couple minutes on Christmas morning, but really what we gave him was this whole season. And I believe when we do that, it has the potential to really for this to be the best Christmas you've ever had. And in the middle of everything that's going on, I think this can be a great Christmas. So in Advent, in the celebration of Advent, I explained this all last week, but I'll just give you just a quick little rundown on it. You light a candle at each Sunday, kind of leading up to Advent. And so last week we lit the candle for hope. This week at the end of the message, we'll light the candle for peace. And that's just symbolic for recognizing that when Jesus came, so when we're celebrating Christmas, Jesus coming to this earth, that he came as a light into the darkness. And Isaiah, it talks about that. And John and Luke, it talks about that. And Psalms, it talks about that. There's many times where we get the picture of the prophecy and through it actually happening, that the intention of Jesus was, come, was to come as light into the darkness. So therefore, we light a candle to kind of remember and reflect and, and signify symbolically that this day we, we remembered why Jesus came. And so each week we have a different theme. Last week was hope. This week is peace. Um, and so let's just jump right into the scripture. Luke chapter 2, Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 14. It says this, And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. Or the King James Version, they were sore afraid, whatever that means. Um, they were sore and afraid. Maybe they worked out the day before. I don't know. Um, verse 10, but the angel said to them, do not be afraid. Or another translation says, fear not. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all of the people. Yeah, he does. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you, and he is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in claws and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angels, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest in heaven and on earth. Peace to those on whom his favor rests. So in this moment, we see that that the, the, the angels are coming and they declare to the shepherds that Jesus is coming, it's good news, and, and it's going to bring pre peace to the earth. But I think when we think of peace, a lot of us would think of peace, we think of peace as being the absence of conflict. Or they maybe even like think about it in war, like, oh, we're at peace now, we have a treaty now. And that is one part of peace. But I think when Jesus came as peace and came as the Prince of Peace, it didn't necessarily end all the conflict. In fact, they thought that Jesus would come with a sword and a crown on a white horse, you know, with like muscles and, and like knocking down Romans and like setting up a kingdom. That's what they thought it was going to look like, but that's not how it necessarily looked like. In fact, as the Prince of Peace came into this earth, 
Some would even argue to say that conflict came even heavier on the church. And so peace is not necessarily, when we look at this, peace is not just the, 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 the absence of conflict in this situation. So what are we talking about here? What's the peace that the angels were declaring to the shepherds that was coming? What is this peace? If it wasn't the absence of conflict, what is this peace? So peace is not a response. It's not a feeling or response to our circumstances or experiences. That's, what not, that's not what peace is. Peace is not, well, I feel at peace with this, or, you know, that's not that big a deal, or the conflict, like, I, I can handle this. And I think that's, how, that, that's a version of peace. But when we look at the Prince of Peace coming, it's a little bit different, a little bit deeper, a little bit reach, richer. So biblical peace is the fruit of a personal encounter with the Prince of Peace. So it's not a response, but in this, it's not a response to how I feel about something. No, it's, it's an outcome of actually encountering the real Jesus. So what the angels were declaring is when you encounter this, you're about to encounter something you never encountered before. Yeah, there may be conflict or hardship or pain, but there's, you can find peace in the midst of that. And that was the promise and the declaration that the angels gave the shepherds. Um, John 14, 27 says this, Peace I leave with you. This is Jesus. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. So my peace is not like the world's peace. But let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. So Jesus says, hey, there may be trouble. There may be stuff that you could be afraid of. But with me, there's a peace that the world can't give you that even if you're facing some things that might cause your heart to be troubled or may cause you to be afraid, you can still find peace. And like that's what the angels were declaring when they talked to the shepherds. That's what they were declaring. And we notice this like every time in the Bible when an angel stops to talk to someone or God decides to show himself and talk to someone, their opening line is always fear not. Have you ever noticed that? Like their opening line is like fear not, don't be afraid, don't be afraid. And like, so I think there's a couple of reasons for that. One is I think the angels probably don't look how we think they look. <laughs> I think that we in our, you know, commercial mind think it's like a precious moments, you know, precious moments doll like at our grandma's house on the piano, right? That's what we think when we think of an angel, like this round kind of cuddly, chubby figure um, with a, a rosy cheeks and smiling. No, I, I think if, if I saw that, I would be like, oh, <laughs> you know. I don't think they'd have to tell me to fear not. I'd be like, they'd be like, fear not. I'm like, I'm not afraid of you. Come give me a hug. Like, you know, that's not what we see. Like when, they, when people have an encounter with God, they're like, I mean, there's obviously there's a response to that. And, and so maybe these angels, keep in mind, the angels are God's warriors. And so I'm imagining more like, like this, this bad, like ripped, you know, like maybe blood smeared on his face, like in a sword in his hand, like, you know, just came straight from battle. And you're like, oh, holy cow, who's this guy? And he's like, don't be afraid. I bring you good tidings of good, good news. You're like, no, I don't think that's what you're bringing. Uh, there's blood stain on your shirt that would say otherwise, you know. <laughs> you know, I think that there's a reason that, that people in, that, in the Bible, like, respond to the angels, even Mary. When they talk to Mary, fear not. When the angel approached Joseph, talking about Jesus coming, fear not. That's the first approach. Angels approach the shepherds, fear not. Why is it? I think, one, I think that angels don't look how we think they look. And then two, I think that fear is a natural response to something we don't understand. It's just how we, it's how we respond naturally when we see something, we're like, hey, I don't know what this is. Or it's a natural response when things get out of our control. 
And I think for, if, if we're honest, a lot of us have been in that season for a while now where we, 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 don't, we, we don't know what we're looking at when it comes to our lives, when it comes to our future, when it comes to how things are going, whether it be COVID or whether it be politics or whatever, whatever it may be. If we're honest, I think a lot of us are looking around going, I, I have no idea what I'm looking at here. And I, what I do know is it's out of my control. What I do know is like, I don't, there's nothing I can do to fix this. I'm at the mercies of other people or the mercy of God. Like this is a season I think for a lot, especially Western Americans, uh, you know, I think there's a lot of us, uh, Western Christians and American Christians, this is the first season for a lot of us where we've gone, like had things out of our control. Maybe the first time for a lot of us we've ever had to have faith because we've always been able to produce whatever we need. If I need something, I just go work a few more hours, make a little bit more money, I go buy it for myself. Like we've never been in a desperate moment in crisis moment where we look at our world and we look around us and go, I have no idea how we get out of this. Yet I think in this moment, a lot of us are feeling that. In fact, fear, anxiety, stress, depression, it's become common. Like I can remember when those were like taboo things that only the broken, weird people had to deal with those things. Now, I think almost all of us have a certain a level of, of, of this fear, anxiety, stress, depression. Um, for some of us, you know, maybe we struggled before Corona, but for some of us, maybe it was in this season that we first really discovered, man, I'm maybe not quite as good here and as good here as I thought I was. Maybe like some of these stresses and some of these things, like they're, they're, they're really causing me some problems. Um, in fact, in our own city, uh, in Wichita, suicide attempts are up 70% this year in Wichita. You can't tell me that, that we're all okay right here and right here. You can't tell me that what we're currently going through as a world and as a society isn't causing us a conflict, isn't causing us some pain. In fact, 53% of, of adults reported that their mental health has been negatively, negatively impacted due to worry or stress when it comes to things surrounding COVID. 53% of people would say, mentally, I'm struggling. 53%. 36% said, I'm, I'm a struggling sleeping because of stress, the anxiety. Uh, 32% would say, I'm struggling when it comes to eating. Some of us are eating more, that's me. Some of us are eating less, like the stress is causing us different ways to respond to this. And there's a 12% increase in alcohol and substance abuse right now, this year. So you can't tell me that right now everything is okay. In fact, I know that many of us, we know that. Like we know that maybe we're not as good as we thought we were before this whole thing came around. So what is this that, that Jesus is promising? Like, what is this peace? He promises peace, then why is this going on? So let's look at the Greek word. The word in the New Testament is Greek through, pe- that, uh, through the New Testament is a Greek word. It's uh, the word Irene. Uh, that's how I pronounce it anyways. I think of it like a, a waitress at a small diner. Hey, Irene. Yes, I would like a refill of coffee, please. Thank you, Irene. Um, so the Greek word for peace is Irene. And this is, what the, this is cool. This is what the Greek word means. It means complete whole fulfillment security. So when God came as the Prince of Peace, when he came, when Jesus came to this earth and and he brought peace to mankind, what he didn't bring was a promise that you were no longer gonna have hardship. What he brought you was this completion, whole fulfillment. It's almost as if God was saying to us, life is gonna continue to be hard, but even in the midst of that, you can find completion. Even in the midst of that, you can be different than the rest of the world because you're not relying on the absence of conflict for your peace. 
In fact, you can have peace in the middle of a storm. Why? Because you have the presence of God on your life. And so this is what, this is what God promised when he was telling the shepherds. was like, here's this peace. And I'm sure that they thought, man, we're about to have a peace treaty. Yet all of a sudden things didn't get better necessarily. In fact, they got a little bit worse. Herod started butchering babies all across the area, trying to, trying to get rid of Jesus before he could grow up. And so we look at this. Let's, let's keep looking. Some different scriptures on this. Colossians. This is Paul, um, and he says, Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you are called in one body, and be thankful. So Paul says, Let peace, let it rule, let it, let it be there. Then this is how he says it happens. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. So the peace of Christ rule in your hearts is directly attached to us having the word of Christ dwelling in us richly. And a teaching and astonishing of one another. And then all wisdom, singing, psalms, and hymns, and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. So you see a couple of things here. One, peace of Christ ruling. Two, the word of God being inside of us richly. Three, that, that there's a teaching of the word. That you're here and you're hearing the word of God taught. Four, is that you're talking about it with one another. That God's word is being something that you, you talk about with friends and family. Five, is that you sing songs and spiritual songs that you praise God. Well, I can tell you right here, just by you being here this Sunday, you've experienced a lot of these things. And a lot of this is actually the key to you having peace in the middle of your life. Is church important for peace? I believe it is. I believe that God, what God does in his presence, what God does in his church is significant to you being right here and you being right here. I, I think it is. And I think Paul's painting this picture for the church here. Um, so peace, what do we know? Peace grows in the study of God's word. So this is what Paul breaks down. Paul's like, hey, when you know God better, when you know his word better, guess what you also get? More of God in your life. When you know God better, you get more of God in your life. And what is God? Who is God? God is the prince of peace. Peace originates from him. He rules peace. He created peace. He is peace. And so if you need peace here, peace here in your heart, if you're someone that struggles with worry or stress and anxiety, one of the keys to doing that is getting in God's word, getting to know him. Because when you know the author and the creator, the person who is it, guess what you're going to have more of? That very thing. Paul knew that. Sometimes I think all we do is we pray for peace. I'm about to show you scripture where we pray for peace. But I think there's this other part. And that's why I want to start with this. I think sometimes we pray and we say, God, give me peace. Well, that's great. God can do that and God will do that. But I think there may be a little legwork you have to put in. You may have to open up your Bible this week and say, God, I want to know you better. Because I believe when you know him, you get to experience all the good things about him. Philippians 4. There's a scripture about praying for peace. Don't be anxious about anything, but everything. So whatever you're worried about, man, don't, don't carry that. Everything that you've got, everything that would cause you anxiety, stress, worry, bring that with prayer to God. So God, this is what I'm dealing with. God, this is what's weighing on me. God, this is what I can't, like, it's, it's just, it's heavy. It says, bring those things to God. Let your request be made known to God. And then let the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, let that come into your life. And what happens when that happens is that the peace of God will guard your hearts and your minds. God knows that you have an attack, that the, that the, the world is really trying to agitate you, that there's an enemy out there that wants you to feel pressure, that wants you to feel anxiety, stress. God knows that. And God knows that part of the battle you face is not just spiritual. Some of it's right here. It's mental. Paul knows this. Like, I think it's funny that the church for, for a long time to talk about, like, mental health was taboo when here's Paul talking about it. 
Paul's saying, like, we need God to guard our minds. We need God to guard our hearts because, man, there's so many things that are coming against me here and here. In fact, talk about it again. It says, we battle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and evil and darkness. There's things that are coming, and this is where they choose to attack. This is the battleground of, of your soul. A lot of times happens in your mind and in your heart. So Paul says, let the peace of God come over you, and it will protect these things. I love that. So God's peace, God's peace is protecting what the world is trying to expose. The world wants you to be emotional. They want you, like, if you ever notice, like, the news articles today, like, the title of them alone causes you just to want to jump in a comment thread and rip someone's face off. I mean, like, the, like, they just have a way, it doesn't matter which side that you fall on, you just read the title and you're, like, ready to type. Like, and I, it's funny, because then you see people in the comment thread, like, did you even read the article? Like, sometimes the article is not even that juicy. It's just the title. Um, that there's a, a, a satire website, Babylon B. Um, it makes fun of church and different things and stuff. Some of it's funny, some of it's not. But it's funny, the title it always gets me. Like the title of it, I'm like, they, they, I don't even have to read the article. The title makes me laugh a lot of times. Well, I think our world is trying to agitate us. It's trying to cause us to be divided. In fact, I preached on this a few weeks ago on a message on unity. I think one of the enemy's tools is to divide us, cause us to come against each other. This is what God, this is what our enemy's trying to do is to expose us, to, to divulge in our humanity, to divulge in our emotions, to just say what we want and to say what we think without ramifications. Yet God's peace protects us from that. God's peace gives us wisdom and says, hey, maybe don't type that. God's peace says, hey, maybe don't bring that up at Christmas around your uncle. That's a little bit crazy and you know he's going to fight with you and end up drinking and cussing and, and then everyone's going to get mad and it's going to end up in a big thing, and you're all going to say, I told you so. Just maybe the wise thing to do, because you want peace, because God's peace protects, is just to not agitate, to not jive into that. In fact, Luke 2.14 says this. This is our, our starting scripture. Peace to those whom his favor rests. This is, what, this is what the angels told the shepherds. Peace to those whom his favor rests. So almost as if the peace that, that these, these angels were telling the shepherds about was not going to be for everybody. It's, it's coming to a specific group of people. Peace to those whom his favor rests. Those who know God will experience his peace, but there'll be others who don't, who don't experience his peace, and because of that, will stay in conflict. Let's look at another scripture. Romans 12, 18. If possible, Paul is telling the church here, so far as it depends on you, so as far as it depends on you, so if, if you're responsible, which you are, live peaceably with all. So not only is peace something that God is and something that God sent to this earth, peace is also a mandate that we carry. It's something that we're called as Christians to do. Peace is not just something God gives us, but it's also something God wants from us. God is calling us as the church, as believers, to be, in fact, Matthew says, blessed are the peacemakers. So the people who bring peace, God says, I'm going to bless you. Luke 2.14 says, peace on those who his favor rest. If you want good things to happen in your life, maybe you need to be someone who, who leads with peace, who doesn't lead with disagreement, who doesn't lead with trying to be right or to prove his point, but leads with grace and love and peace. That's what we're called as believers to give and to do. It's hard to find peace in your own life, your heart, your mind, if you're constantly stirring up strife with others. And, and that's the principle right here. Last scripture as we close up today. John 16, I've said these things to you 
that in me, in Christ, you may have peace. In the world, you will have tribulation. In the world, you, the church, the Christians, I've said these things to you that you'll have peace. So Jesus says, hey, because you know me, you're going to have peace, but you'll also have tribulation. Why? Because you live in the world. But take heart. I have overcome the world. You see, peace is not convincing yourself that everything will be okay. That's not what peace is. Peace is knowing that even when it's not okay, God is still in control. Even when it's not okay, Jesus says, hey, in me you'll have peace, dot, 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 dot. I have overcome the world. That's that looking back in time, Jesus came. He arrived. He brought peace and salvation through the sacrifice of his life and death and resurrection on the cross and, and, and his life there. So we can look back and say God's good there, but we can also look forward and say because he's coming again, he's good there too. So even though everything right here, we may be facing tribulation or maybe things coming against me here and against me here and against us out here, even though I may not know how I'm going to do Christmas financially this year, even though I may not know if I still have a job a, a month from now, even though I may not know if I'm going to get sick or someone else is going to get sick, all this worry, anxiety, and stress, these different things that we're facing, even though we're in the middle of tribulation, we can have peace because we can look back and say, God, you sent your son here who is the prince of peace. And he gave his life so that we could have peace. And then I can look forward in time and say, God, you have overcome the world. In the end, you win. So even though right now I may be facing a battle, I can look forward and go, in the end, we win. I have peace. Peace is coming. You are peace. I'm with peace. I'm in the presence of peace. But it's also coming to every part of my world because you promised it. And because of that, we can have peace. Because of that, we can look around us and go, even though everything's not okay, it's okay. And I think that's what God is calling us in this Advent season, to just rest in knowing that he's in control. Rest in knowing that even though things may be out of control, he is still in control. So last week, we imaginatively used our Barney imaginations to light the first candle because I didn't have a lighter. And none of you smoked, so you didn't, couldn't help me. Um, but this week, I bought one. And so we do this, we light these candles in, in symbolism to say that God sent his son Jesus as a light into the darkness. And we light the first one in recognizing that when Jesus came, he brings hope. We light the second one in recognizing that when Jesus came, he brings peace. And not only do we have those things because he came, we also have those things because he's coming again. And that's what Advent is. Let me pray. God, I love you. I thank you. God, I thank you that you are the God of peace. God, I pray right now for my friends, any of them that may be facing or carrying something heavy. Maybe they're weighted in their mind or their spirit, or maybe it's their finances, or maybe it's relationships, whatever it is that may be causing weight on them. God, I pray right now that they would just feel that weight lift as you wrap your arms around them. God, you're so good that, that we can have peace even in the middle of a storm because you carry it all. So God, we don't have to carry this alone. In fact, your word says that we can cast it on you because you carry it. We, can, we don't have to be anxious. We can bring it to you. We can bring it to the foot of the cross because you have it all. You win. God, in the end, God, you have overcome the world. And because of that, we can just give it to you today. 
God, I pray that you would just lift the spirits of any of those that are heavy. Bring peace to the mind and heart to any of those who are conflicted. In Jesus' name.